Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we're doing something a little different. We're talking about food and faith. The Bible has a lot to say about love, trust, wisdom, and following Jesus. But have you ever wondered what the Bible says about food and feeding our kids? It's definitely not something you're likely to hear about at church on Sunday, but we're talking about it this week with Susan Neal, a nurse, health coach, and an award-winning author of seven books. Anything off of the ranch or off of the farm, that is what God's food is. Susan shares her favorite Bible verses about food and talks about whether God even cares about what we feed our kids. She also talks about easy ways to move away from processed foods and include she also talks about easy ways to move away from processed foods and include more real food in your kids diet, how to get your kids excited about healthy eating and how we can all stop striving for perfection and perfect meals. Whether you're a Christian or not, I know you're going to love this episode with Susan Neal. Well, Susan Neal, welcome to Food Issues. Thanks so much for having me, Julie. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. I've um, you know, been following you and I'm excited to talk about your work and your book. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about your story and your career path and what your work looks like today. <laughs> so, well, <clears throat> how I got into this field of writing um, healthy living is... Uh, a decade ago, I lost my health. I had 10 medical diagnoses and two surgeries, and it took over a year to recover. And I was 49. For 49 years, I had had my health, and within a matter of a year, I lost it. And it took me, you know, a year or so to regain it. So you don't appreciate something until you lose it. My goodness, losing my health. So I am now on a mission to help others reclaim their health and optimal weight. I love to wake up in the morning and feel energized and excited and motivated instead of not wanting to get out of bed. And so I want to help other people feel good. So when they wake up in the morning, they're ready to start the day fresh and vitalized. Great. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big, uh, you know, challenge for women in their 30s after they have babies and, and well into their 40s where we just don't feel like we used to and we wake up and we're exhausted and and there's a lot of... Uh, health conditions that can crop up like autoimmune conditions. So that's wonderful. This is definitely a a different kind of episode that I, than I've ever recorded in the past. Um, But it's something as a Christian myself that I've often wondered about. And it's something I think we don't really talk about, but that's food. And so we look to the Bible for, for everything, right? For wisdom, peace, comfort, Basically, you can find answers to anything in the Bible about any life issue, especially uh, worry, anxiety, um, fear, parenting issues. But food isn't really 
something that I think in the Christian world we talk about. And so what does God say about our bodies and the food that we eat and even our eating habits? Well, he says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we should take care of our bodies. So he gives us that responsibility that we need to okay, we need to exercise, we need to eat well. But the tricky thing is, is that you may be eating something that actually isn't healthy, but it, it is supposed to be. So really figuring out what's healthy and what's not healthy today is difficult to do. But um, God gave us the food in the Garden of Eden of what to eat. And then later he introduced meat as well. So I go back to what he originally provided us, which is vegetables, fruits, grains, nuts, seeds, and uh, meat. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up meat because I was doing research for this interview and I found some blog posts about Christians saying that they shouldn't eat meat. And this was news to me. So do you know about this? Well, originally God gave us fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds, you know, in the Garden of Eden. But when Noah got off the the ark, you know, God introduced um, meat. Now, what I find interesting is that prior, like the lifespan of people in the Bible prior to Noah was over a thousand years. They lived a thousand years old. And then they introduced meat and every generation thereafter decreased about a hundred years. So it went from 900 years to 800 to 700, all the way down to now we have a few centurions who lived to a hundred, but there's not many. Our lifespans are more, you know, in the mid seventies, right? Typically today. So I find that interesting, but meat is not, you know, you can eat meat, you know, God gave us meat to eat. It's perfectly fine. It's a personal choice. Now, my my body type, I have an AB blood type. And for me, I can go for a week without eating meat and I feel clean. I feel light. I feel more energetic. I'm not having to use so much of my energy digesting meat. But I know individuals who have like an O blood type, oh, they've got to have their meat. Yeah. So um, it's, it's an individual choice. I, I do eat meat. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm O and I tried to be vegetarian for a while and it didn't go so well. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I found out I had a lot of deficiencies. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and so what are your favorite Bible verses that talk about food? Well, you know, um, there's the one, okay, don't drink too much wine for many evils lie along that path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by him. So I do not want alcoholic beverages or food to control me. I want 
to have the Holy Spirit inside of me, you know, guiding me. And so we have to, we have to do things to make sure that we don't get, you know, addicted to sugar and carbs and processed foods. So does God care about what we eat and what we feed our kids? Because again, I think we just don't talk about this. Well, this is where, you know, I look at, okay, um, God wants the best for you and your children. And he gave you the best because he created us. So he knew what we needed. And we should eat foods out of the garden or off the ranch. So eat a baked potato and not potato chips. Eat something closer to the source of what it looked like when it was first harvested. Yeah, why do you find that it's really hard for families today to to kind of stick to eating more real whole foods? Uh, you know, it's just kind of happened. We didn't realize that the foods in the boxes and bags on the grocery store shelves have been stripped of their nutrients. They can sit on the grocery store shelf for months. They can sit in your pantry for months. And they're really super easy and convenient. So once we understand, oh my gosh, (laughs) this food is not good for us. Why don't we make some little snack bags with some nuts? You know, there's all different types of nuts. How about some seeds? You know, And uh, we can, you know, pull out the raspberries and the blackberries and just open those up for your kids for snacks. Just slice up, um, you know, apples. Produce is actually less expensive than those boxes and bags. Right. Yeah. And so much healthier. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's it's definitely a lot easier to rely on processed foods. We're so detached from the real food environment. And, you know, in school especially, my kids, they really, for many years, focused on a lot of real whole foods because I was able to control it. But once they went to school, that totally changed because every other kid had had processed foods. And now it is such a struggle to, you know, pack a fruit and, and it doesn't come home in the lunchbox. So um, I think just as a society, we need to realize that we need to focus on those real whole foods and that's food and not something in a package. Yes. And I always used to tell my girls, I'm like, I'm not giving you the fruit roll up because that's processed. That has all the fiber removed. It doesn't have all the good stuff. I'm giving you the whole fruit. That's so much better than that fruit roll up. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Teach them. You know, no, we're not going to have those little fruit gummies. No, we're going to have, and you get to choose the fruit. So let's go to the grocery store. And why don't you choose the fruit that you want to include in your lunchbox this week and the vegetables? Because what I did is every single time I made their lunch, which was probably four days a week. We included one fresh fruit and one fresh vegetable. And why not throw in some nuts too or some seeds? Yeah, those are great tips. I think another thing that I've found with my girls is that they'll have something like a fruit roll up or something that doesn't have fiber in it, something that's highly processed, and then say, 
you know, I was hungry in a half an hour. And I think that's such a great, you know, teachable moment where we can say to our kids, well, yeah, of course, because there's no protein, there's no fiber, there's no healthy fats. Whereas whole real foods will give you that and it'll make you feel, you know, satisfied longer and happier too. Yeah. And it won't make you, it won't make your blood sugar go up to where you are jittery or you feel anxious or you're just jumping off the walls with, you know, you just can't calm down. Yeah. So, you know, and helping them, you know, a lot of it is explaining and helping them understand because kids are smart. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in this country, all we think about is food. I think every American is consumed by food and, you know, especially certain culture cultures too. I mean, as an Italian American, when I have someone coming over, if it's a family get together or a friend, my mind immediately goes to food. What am I going to make? And I start stressing about it. Right. Um, and so I love Matthew 625. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And this Bible verse, it, it often convicts me because I do tend to worry about food and uh, just the future and having enough. And and we really have to remember that God's going to take care of us, right? And so how can we use this as guidance in our lives when we're thinking about food? Well, you know, my favorite <clears throat> verse about, about that, about just being uptight and stuff is, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do, you will experience God's peace. And his peace will calm your heart and mind and give you rest. And so, uh, you know, I ask him for, okay, please help me not to crave the glass of wine. Please help me not to crave that delicious dessert. You know, we can ask him for better control. We could ask him for help with ideas. And we just need to not worry about it and not try and be so perfect. You know? Yeah. You don't, right, you don't have to offer the food for, you know, your your guests unless it's for dinner or whatever. You could just have a, you know, a pitcher of uh, water with some strawberries and mint in it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Because really, the people are just coming over to see you anyway, not necessarily the food. Great. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about food being everywhere, including at church. If you want mealtimes to be easier and less stressful, getting your kids in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do. I know that it's really encouraged my kids to eat their vegetables and try new foods, and it's given them a ton of confidence in the kitchen. But if you don't know how to cook or you don't like to cook, the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. This course was created by a mom of four and former elementary school teacher, and it's designed to build connection, confidence, and creativity in the kitchen. With Kids Cook Real Food, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes like Tex-Mex white bean dip and homemade pizza. The course is designed for all kids ages two to teen and has three different skill levels. 
Your kids will learn how to crack eggs, cook rice, make a salad, and safely use knives, the oven, and appliances. If your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, no problem because the course has a ton of substitutions. My kids and I have taken the course and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. You can sign up by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. We all know that kids love their snacks, but finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. That's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids really love the skinny dip dark chocolate almonds and Larabars, especially coconut cream pie. So delicious. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. So Susan, church is one place where food can also be the main focus. So at our church, whether, and and I think a lot of this has changed with COVID, but pre-COVID for sure, there were events and classes. And then of course, you know, candy for kids after they memorize and recite their Bible verse. And so church is a place where there's often food. I think sometimes food is, is offered to get people to come to a certain event. What do you think about this? Well, everybody knows if I'm coming, I'm bringing like a healthy salad or something really healthy. <laughs> so um, I don't, I think that we need to try and change our mindsets to think, okay, instead of giving a child a little piece of candy, you know, what kind of uh, fruit could I give them? You know, could I, okay, you, could I give them a little package of like little individual package of nuts or, uh, you know, something that isn't just a piece of candy to spike their blood sugar and then make them to where they can't control their behavior as well. So, cause we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot when we're giving kids high sugar foods, especially when they're in our care. And, you know, again, we just need to understand that let's, let's not have the saucy, high sugar, you know, foods and desserts and, you know, let's make healthier things. But I, for me, I would just, you know, go through when we would have different potlucks, I would go through and I would eat the things that are healthy and avoid the things that weren't. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not anti-candy. I mean, my kids for sure get it every Sunday and come back with several pieces of it that they bring home, which I'm not totally happy about. But I think that the bigger issue is that we're using food as a reward. Do you think that they could do anything to, you know, 
like substitute a different way to reward kids for reciting that Bible verse. Yes, like something within the the classroom, they get to be up by the teacher, or they get to assist, be the assistant next week for the class, or, you know, do some other kind of privilege uh, that they would get instead of a piece of candy. Yeah, those are great tips. And so, of course, parents, too, are, are extremely stressed normally, but of course, in the last more than two years with COVID, um, you know, our stress levels are just heightened. You know, a few years ago, um, I had struggled with emotional eating for a long time, and I really feel like God uh, pulled me out of that. Um, but one of the things that really helped was Lisa Turker's book, Made to Crave. It was really life-changing for me. And, and so what does the Bible say about overeating and emotional eating? It says that we should turn to God and not to food or substances or alcohol or whatever, you know, we need to first turn to him with our needs. And, um, but, but many people are emotionally connected to food. So, um, I believe that's one of the root causes for overeating. And, and, um, I wrote a book, it's called Christian study guide for seven steps to get off sugar and carbohydrates. And it goes into um, healing. We need to heal from our emotional wounds. All of us have emotional wounds. None of us get out of this life without some sort of trauma. But uh, God can heal those wounds. And um, when we get divine healing for them, then we are not as dependent on food. So was that similar to like Lisa's book that you talked about? Yeah, you know, she didn't talk about trauma per se, um, but it was more about the habits that that she had fallen into. And and she so, as she always does, just so perfectly tied it into what God says and what, you know, what we read in the Bible. And and um, it was just really amazing. I, I really recommend it for anybody dealing with emotional eating. And so in your book, you talk about God's food. And so what is that? So you're talking about my my book titled Eat God's Food? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the foods that God has given us. It's it's the ones where you, it, you look at your plate and make sure that the food came out of the garden or off the ranch. So you want um, an apple, a whole apple instead of like dehydrated apple slices, you know, a whole apple, you know, like we talked about, it has the fiber. When you, when you eat a fruit, God put fiber in it. So then with the fiber, your blood sugar doesn't spike. And, you know, it has all the different nutrients in it as well. It's not being stripped of it. So anything off of the ranch or off of the farm, that is what God's food is. It's great. It's, it's amazing, really, how God just provided every kind of perfect nutrition for us, right? From like breastfeeding to fruits and vegetables and just everything that our bodies needed. Yes, yes. And I try and just make it really simple. You know, just eat God's food. That's simple. Don't eat the food manufacturers. Process food because they do not have our best interest in mind. They want you to purchase their foods over and over and over again so they can make a profit. Right. 
it's kind of impossible though, too, to, to completely avoid processed foods. And so how do you approach that? If you improve your diet by 50%, you'll be doing fantastic. Uh-huh. So don't, okay. don't, don't try and be perfect. You know, I, I, in, in my books, I've written the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time eat right, 20% of the time eat what you want. And that's probably better than what you're doing. Right. <laughs> that's great. And so what do you recommend for parents who are looking to move from uh, mostly processed foods or, or just kind of cut out some of the processed foods they're eating and, and move to that real whole foods type diet? So I would get your children engaged in the planning process and the purchasing process and the cooking process. Because if you get their engagement and involvement, their buy-in, they're more likely going to eat it. So have your child, you know, pick out, okay, we're going to have a, a fresh fruit, you know, but, you know, so let's pick out three fruits, you know, to eat this week. But let's have one of them be a fruit we've never eaten before. How about a dragon fruit or a star fruit? At one year I did this every, every week. We'd pick out a new fruit and a new vegetable. Each week, all my kids had so much fun, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we, you know, there's some foods from different cultures that you never eat, like a passion fruit. Oh my gosh, that's so delicious. Or a pomegranate. I, at first, I didn't even know that you crunch those whole little seeds inside and eat the whole thing. So um, get, get them pl- planning with you of what you're going to buy and then get them helping you in the grocery store with what you pick out. Yeah. And then when you get home, have them help you cook. One child, maybe one night will help you cook uh, unless they're small and preschooler and want to sit on the chair and they're both helping, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and then the other one the next night. Yeah. Yeah. It's so effective when you give kids choices and you empower them to make those choices. It's so effective and and they get excited about healthy eating. Um, and, and I'm so glad you brought up dragon fruit because there's just, you know, you try these new fruits and vegetables and then there's so many different ways that you can use them. So you could slice it up. You could throw into a smoothie. You can look for recipes with your children and, and let them again, make that choice And then it's such a great family activity to do together. And then they get excited about it. They want to eat healthy. Yes. In fact, in in my book, Eat God's Food, for each of the sections, I include a recipe for you to do with your child. And that's a great time to reinforce what they learned in that section. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And, And in your book, too, I love how you break it down into questions. So you have why did... God plants a garden and why did he give you fruits, vegetables, and seeds? And, and so how can we talk to our kids about this in our, in our everyday life? So, you know, we can talk about how he created everything in the garden, or we can talk about, you know, what is on our plates. But for what I have in, in the book, I have like, you know, oh, there's a hundred different vegetables. Why would God give us a hundred different vegetables versus like 50 different fruits? It's because we should eat more vegetables. Okay, well, how many vegetables have you eaten? How, which ones do you want to try next? Um, in the section about fruit, I had a grandmother tell me that for the activity section, because with each section, there's it teaches them about the 
the fruits, the vegetables, nuts, seeds, then you have an activity because kids love to stay busy and you like for them to stay busy. So for all the different fruits, they're supposed to name what colors they are. So she took her grandchildren to the grocery store and they had like a scavenger hunt there with, okay, let's find all the different colors of all the different fruits. Fun. That's great. Yes. And also, you know, it teaches them to eat seasonally because in, in the winter, God gave us the oranges and the lemons and the limes, grapefruit, all the citrus fruits are ripe then. Well, that's because they contain loads of vitamin C. And that's when we need the vitamin C to boost our immunity versus berries and the spinach and the lettuce are all ripe in the, the early sp- in the spring. And, and so are there ways to glorify God with our food and our meals? Uh, you know, what I, what I used to do is I, I used to um, say to my kids, okay, well, well this time we're going to, let's have a, um, a dinner out of the Bible. So we're going to have a, you know, a pomegranate and we'll get some hummus and some pita bread and, and, and we'd, we'd get dressed up, you know, with, with, you know, different things that might mimic what somebody would wear in the Bible. And we'd sit on the floor and we'd have, you know, little TV trays set up and, uh, you know, just giving thanks to God for our food. And uh, but that was something fun. We would do that with different cultural food as well. So um, to get dressed up and, and you know, have, um, have foods from that culture, serve foods from that culture. That was fun. Right. Kids yeah, that's loved it. great. That sounds fun. Yeah. And I think also another idea might be that, you know, if you're cooking dinner, maybe double the recipe and then bless someone with that meal. Oh, good idea. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Susan Neal, thank you so much for your time today. This was so much fun. And I love to hear, you know, tell us where listeners can go to learn more about you and your work. So you can find me at susanuneal.com. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. I hope you love that episode with Susan Neal. Definitely pick up a copy of her book, Eat God's Food. It's filled with a lot of great activities to get your kids involved in the kitchen and excited about healthy eating. If you're enjoying food issues, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can reach more people. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I'll see you next week.